you know, I, I would just say, take the time and not just work, work, work. I think that's what I did a lot of in my career. It's like work, 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 heads down. I would tell myself to take the time and network, get those mentors, meet other people, expand, you yeah. know, my network. And yeah. the second thing I would also say is be curious and ask lots of questions. I was so busy executing and delivering on my goals and my commitment that I didn't have enough time to ask questions, push the boundaries of the status quo, and not accept the things that I got and received. Welcome to How Women Inspire, where women lead, invest, and give. I'm your host, Julie Castro Abrams, founder and CEO of How Women Lead and managing partner of the venture firm How Women Invest, feminist, social justice warrior, mother, friend of 50,000 plus badass women, and an expert at helping top executive women get on boards and break down barriers for women entrepreneurs, investors, and social impact activists. In this podcast, we interview women influencers and leaders from across the globe who are in the C-suite, founding companies, investing, and agents of change. We'll share stories of how women lead. We'll provide insights and data, tips you can put into action, and get to know the women who have fiercely and unabashedly stepped into their power in leadership and opened doors for other women like you. We discuss topics ranging from the journey of getting a board seat how we can counter cultural frameworks that change the way the world views women leaders, what we're doing to close the gender funding gap and driving equity for women in all aspects of life and career. My goal is that after every episode, you walk away feeling inspired, unstoppable, ready to level up and step into your power and influence. I want to break down the cultural narratives that hold us back collectively and those messy messages you heard that are taking up way too much of your brain space. I want you to know you're invited in because I know that together we can change the culture, change opportunities, and create the future we want for our daughters and sisters and friends. This is our time. Are you in? Welcome to How Women Inspire. The woman who's going to inspire you today is a people-first leader, and I've seen her in action. She's a builder and has extensive leadership history, leading organizations in the United States, North America, EU, Asia, and the Middle East. She's been building businesses, products, tech foundations, and organizations for over 30 years for some of the world's largest companies, Amazon, Uber, Walmart, Microsoft, Yahoo, like what big name isn't included in this list. And her passion is leading agile cross-functional teams to solve complex problems and help companies really grow fast where technology is a critical part of their business strategy. From starting up to a Fortune 100 companies, she is directing innovation and research management, operations for products, and digital transformation initiatives. And let me tell you, she is a mentor and a leader who impacts everyone around her. Thank you so much, Miley, for joining us today. Hi, Julie. Thank you for having me on this podcast. So could we actually start with something fun? What is a song that is maybe your theme song, something that you play during the tough times or the good times? I know you love music. I do. I really love music. And one of my favorite songs is Good as Hell. Hey, I, nice. 
<laughs> so I love that. When's the last time you, you had to whip that one out? Do you remember? Last week when I was on a business trip in New York, it was a very stressful week. So I thought, let me just play something to pick me up. I watched you lead beautifully at Uber and really lead the technology and engineering arms. And then you switched over to Amazon, which as far as I know, is just a totally different culture. How do you take your own values and the culture of innovation you want to embody when you lead a team? How do you do that when the cultures are so different? I'd love to hear how you think about that. Yes. You know, usually when I start at companies, I always take who I am and all my years of experience into that company. But I also look at what they value in Amazon. They have leadership principles that embodies their culture. And so I take myself in there, take a look at what they value, and I try to lift them from those principles and make it work not only for me, but for the people that I lead and for the customers. So you, it's not a one-size-fits-all leadership model that you have. You really reform based on what the values of the company and the team needs. Um, it is, because usually when people hire me, they hire me to take them to the next level. Yeah. So I don't want to go in there and do what they've always done, because then yeah. why would they hire me? Can you give us an example of like an innovation or cultural shift that you've helped effectuate? Absolutely. You know, everywhere I go, um, agile and speed is what I bring in. And so going into last mile, I look at what they are considered the world's best in delivery experience. But then I looked at it and said, how can we scale to the next decade? You've done really well in the first decade, yeah. but now we're going to look at the next decade of scaling. How are you going to do better, especially with the changing landscape of this economy? And so that's what I'm doing for them. Well, and if you look at like the life cycles of companies, right? If they don't have what you're doing, which is that discipline and focus on innovation, they start to stagnate and then they decline. Have you ever been in, in most of the companies you've been in have been relatively young tech companies, but how do you feel like, can you see when a company's starting to get stuck and stagnate and you know, okay, now it's time we're going to lose if we don't get going on this? Absolutely. You know, when I joined Uber in 2016, they were a rocket ship rising. And so when I came in, I took a look and did an assessment. I realized, yes, the rocket ship is rising, but let's take a look at your engine because I was leading business platform for them, which is, I was the engine of Uber. You can't run an autonomous car without passing through one of my platform. And so I needed an assessor. Said, I said, look, you can add new paint job, alloy wheels, tinted windows, but if you don't invest in the foundation, the engine, the car is going to stop running and the yeah. bells and whistles, it doesn't matter how cool it is. So you said you're a people first leader and that you start with the leadership structures within the, the values within a company, but how do you really motivate people? What is your secret sauce? Because you, you lead big teams. I do. One of the things I focus on is getting to know my people, building that trust and also to understand them. I traveled around the world a lot to be where my people are, to understand the office, the environment, their families, the culture that they live in, to yeah. get that trust. And then we can connect. Because until then, I'm speaking French and they may be speaking, you know, something else. So that's how I begin. Like, how big is your current team? That's a lot of people for you to get to know and really build a trusting relationship with. You know, my current team is well over 100 people and growing. And they are all over the world. I think there are 26 plus countries, yeah. cities. Uh -huh. yes. That's very personalized leadership. And of course, we're seeing all over, there's great articles about how women are winning as leaders because of that kind of building trust, really getting to know people and understanding what motivates them. And yet, and we, you just mentioned a challenging time in the environment and the market. What is your leadership? How does it show up during challenging times? What does that look like? I think the first things I have to acknowledge 
that they are challenging so that people know that I do know, right? I have to acknowledge that, yes, it is challenging, but then I try to focus my folks on what can we control? But I realize there's a lot of things not in our control. And yes, I'm going to worry about those, but let's focus on the things we can control and what are we going to do about it? And it's always going to be a strategy of short things that we can do, but little midterm things. There's no point looking long-term because there's just too much happening. And so then the team gets a sense that things are incontrollable, that they can make changes to it, impact the way they work, the experience for our customers. And it gets people out of the rut of, poor me or my gosh, I'm in this tornado I can't get out of. It's so simplistic. But if you think about it, like in all parts of life, I even think about like parenting. I know you're a mom, really being able to give people that perspective. I think it's like, all right, I know it's a tough time. This is not fair. And still we got to move forward. So what is one thing you can do today that you can control that you can manage that you're going to accomplish? Do you have any sort of, do you circle back with people and have any kind of like a ring the bell when those little wins happen? How do you continue to keep people motivated through these times? You know, I try to have a lot of what I call round tables where I speak directly to my people without the filtering to the management layers. I have breakfast with my, tea time with my, and they're just no virtual office hours, especially during the years when we couldn't travel. So people always know that they hear from me directly and they have accessibility to a leader who can then understand them and would listen to them. Yeah. And so, you know, those little moments actually matters a lot to people. They sure do. If I feel seen, I'm going to show up differently. That's really important. So we just talked about the people side, but let's talk about the productivity side. Like, how do you help people with their prioritization and how do you drive alignment? How do you get teams where you want them to go? Well, you know, the first thing is I take a lot of time building relationships with people, not just my own leadership team in my own org, but with my peers and especially my stakeholders. And also I take the time to learn their business. So it's not like my is going to spend your money trying to convince you to build something you may not need. So I really understand their business, you know, their aspiration, how far and big and bold do they want to go? And then I focus on their financials so that no matter what I build from, I tie it back to their bottom line. So they know the value that they're getting and that that increases the investment. And it also builds a lot of trust in them as well. Yeah. So you built this huge toolbox as a leader and clearly uh, your resume is ridiculously amazing. So when you think, when you look back and you think, you know, what were there any aha moments where you really, you were like, oh, I got to do something different here. This is a learning moment. Yeah. I think, you know, being customer obsessed and putting customers first, you get a lot of things wrong. It's because the customers expect you to break the boundaries and look around corners for them. That means you have to be like many, many steps in front of them. And so that requires experimenting trial and errors. And so just getting my leaders to understand like it's okay to make a mistake because we don't know, we don't know because we're pushing the boundaries. But at the same time, we also have to acknowledge to our customers when we make a mistake. So we have to apologize. We're so sorry we did this. Here's the less learning lessons we've learned. Here's what we're going to course correct. And you have to acknowledge that sorry. There's no way you knew this when you were 25 years old. How could you? Uh, so were there pivotal moments where you hit a wall or you listened to somebody or read a book, like something that was like, wow, this really changed my trajectory as a leader? I didn't do it early in my career. Almost the first 20 years of my career, I didn't have mentors. I was me, myself, and I navigating my career. And when I retrospect back, I said, oh, what was I thinking? I now have several really good mentors. People have known me and watched me grow through the years where they would give me direct concrete feedback, also know who I am and my experiences. So I have to say those are the first mentor I had that I actually could really trust. And they gave me frank feedback. It was like, wow, 
I'm so glad you told me that. No one said that to me all these years. Oh my goodness. So if you could give yourself, go back in time and give yourself advice as a younger leader, what would you say in those 20 years when you were feeling a little bit like on your own as an island? You know, I, I would just say, take the time and not just work, work, work. I think that's what I did a lot of in my career. It's like work, 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 heads down. I would tell myself to take the time and network, get those mentors, meet other people, expand, you yeah. know, my network. And yeah. the second thing I would also say is be curious and ask lots of questions. I was so busy executing and delivering on my goals and my commitment that I didn't have enough time to ask questions push the boundaries of the status quo and not accept the things that I got and received. Well, I mean, you're an engineer, but so I love getting stuff done, right? And I sort of think about how you're describing this is, and, and there's a lot of data about this, that younger women, younger people, but younger women in particular, they like produce, produce, and you get rewarded for producing early on. But there comes a moment in your trajectory where you have to pivot. And you have to change how you show up, like exactly what you just said. You have to network more. You have to have enough spaciousness. You can think about innovation. You can get ahead of it. Think about what my boss and my boss's boss need. If you were to think about sort of at what point in a career is that really essential? Is there a level that you can think about? Is it sort of once you become a manager, a director, a VP? Like when do you feel like that pivot is most important? Because I know you're not. You don't get promoted if you can't show exactly. Yes. You know, I didn't realize the time, but it actually began when you become a people manager. Because when you become a people manager, it doesn't matter what level you are in people management, you represent your organization. And the organization is only as strong as their leader. And of course, you know, I realized this years later, but now I retrospect back. But at the same time, though, Julie, every leadership level you rise to is different. So all the skills that you have at one level does not translate to another. So it has to be a lifelong development and learning yeah. uh, as a leader in order to rise. Well, you got some good feedback when you finally got it, but you were, you said you were kind of on your own trying to figure it out. Did you get a master's degree? Did you take classes? Did you read books? Like, how was it that you evolved your own leadership? I know you're an engineer or did you just like engineer it? <laughs> oh my goodness. No, I did all of the above, Julie. Oh, and I still am. I went to yeah. night school and I got myself an MBA. Yeah. And then I continue to get continuous certification degrees. I read yeah. books on a regular basis, both technical as well as leadership development books. I read blogs. I read articles. And I have mentors, my family and friends network. Yeah. And I'm still doing it today. Well, you're such a huge role model for women engineers. And in general, we talk about the engineering process. I do venture investing, as you know. And in engineering, like often people, the engineers get so focused on producing the thing, they forget about the customers. So you literally said you there came a moment where you're like, ah, I have got to be fiercely customer first and understand the customer's needs, which is a, I want all engineers to really understand that. Right. Are there other things that you any other advice you could give to women engineers to say, hey, because the skill set and the positions within companies are so valuable. And it's what does it take for an engineer to get to that next level? I would have to say to find your voice and speak up. And uh, first, you would begin with yourself, but then you have to do for others to advocate for the women around you, below you and become their ally. And that's something that we women, myself, we did not, I did not do very well in. And that's something I encourage everyone else to do. Speak up, find your voice. How do you find your voice? At How Women Lead, we now have a course called Branding You, which is really helping people sort of 
you know, with an executive coach included, like really figure out what, what do you want to be known for? What is that brand story? But that's a little, that's, and how, and how do you get it out there? But that's a little further down the road than, than what I think you're talking about. So along the way, you know, do you get an executive coach? You know, how do you find your voice? Like, what is it that you want to say that you stand for and how you want to show up inside a company? It's hard to figure that out on your own. It is. And I actually recommend some sort of coaching or the programs that How Women Lead have. I actually went out to a program where it was a coach with two or three other women because I always feel weird about myself with the coach because I don't know what to say. But having it in a small little group with other women, Over, it actually yeah. affirmed to me that I'm not the only one having this problem. And there's women who can relate to me. Uh, and so when the coach gives advice, it doesn't feel weird for me because other women, so I highly recommend to begin, not with a private coach, but a program like what you just said, Julie. Okay, Ma, you're such a badass. Like you're capable of doing anything. I just love watching your career sort. I want to say thank you publicly for your advice to my daughter when she was just a baby and been working for a year or two. You really helped her figure out like how to, you had to position herself and find her own voice and it's really paid off for her. So thank you. What is next for you? Where do you see yourself in five and 10 years? Are you continuing to stay in tech and innovate? Are you are you moving more into the investing side of innovation? Like, What are we going to see from you? Yes. Yeah, so for the last several years, I've moved beyond just engineering technology. Just this week, I started a new role in AWS. Hey, so I'm, yeah, so I'm actually in a revenue generating area, not a cost center for a change, which is really nice. And I'm leading this business with skill set that I've never uh, led before, such as marketing, business development, content technical writers. So it's a holistic business. And I'm extraordinarily happy about that. I often debated, do I want to have one more gig before retirement, like becoming a CEO of of a company or retire and help others through public board work and things like that? So yeah, a couple more years and... This is a big pivot. I say it like in terms of I place women on corporate boards and often people, as you know, people say like, you need to have had P&L responsibility. I need to know that you know more than just your one vertical. Uh, So congratulations. That's great. When you think about board work, tell me a little bit more about sort of what is your perspective? What do you bring? What do you, how do you like to see yourself as a value add on a corporate board? Yes. You know, I built so many things in my career. I tell people, like, I can pretty much build anything you want me to build. But where I bring the value is getting people to think far, but yet think deeply. I'm very visionary and strategic, so I can help with, ah, so that's your business. Here's the possibilities. But here's a couple of strategies to try to get there, right? So that you don't have a risk of going in there and you fall into some sort of hole. So the value I bring is just a lot of experience looking around the corners for you and looking out. But yet I can dive deep into the business the product, the customer experience, the technical uh, as needed. Well, you've clearly been in some of the largest, most high profile companies and maybe a scandal or two or some crises in in your history, not you, but in the companies. Talk a little bit about that. Like I I would think your toolbox now is so strong on a board that's dealing with a crisis or has to anticipate um, and prevent. I would think that you would have a lot to contribute. I do. You know, at the end of the day, What I bring is who I am is integrity and trust. Your customers have to trust you and you have to have integrity in what you do for them on behalf of them. And so that's who I've always been. And I've never sacrificed that for promotion, for an advantage, for a larger organization. I just refuse to. And that's the perspective I always bring into every role that I take on. 
is I have the trust of this business, this company, but also of the customers. And that's a responsibility, Julie, that mm-hmm. I take seriously. And just to remind people of that in leadership and on the board, it's like, listen, people will understand and forgive and give you a pass if they trust you and if they believe you're working with integrity. But if you can't establish that up front, you don't have any give. No one's going to give you any any chance. Well, beautiful. Thank you. We're almost out of time. I would love to hear about what is any piece of advice or wisdom that you would like to give the audience? Is there a message that you want to share out in the world? I definitely do. I, what I want to say is each and every one of us can make the change, right? We all take one step forward and model that way for everyone else. We can be that shining light. So if everyone stepped forward, we would all rise together. I always remind that of my, my people, my leadership bench, and also for myself. You're such an inspiration, my. Can you tell us a little bit about like where we can find you? Are you on LinkedIn? What, where's the best way if someone wants to tap you on the shoulder and talk to you about a corporate board opportunity or otherwise talk to you about something that they'd like to do in partnership with you at work? Yes. So I am on LinkedIn. You can find me there and I'm happy to connect and have conversations. Fantastic. Well, this was wonderful. Every time I'm with you, I feel like you're such a clear communicator. You've got such a tremendous background and you're so humble in the way you communicate. It feels so accessible. And I want to say thanks for that. It's really a gift to everybody, everybody who gets to be part of your life. So thank you so much, Mai, for joining us today. Yes. And thank you so much for having me, Julie. And with that, I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode of How Women Inspire. And because your inspiration should not stop when this podcast ends, head over to our website, howwomenlead.com. Follow us on LinkedIn at How Women Lead and subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app to find out how you can proactively take charge and step into your power through our workshops and activism in our loving network. We want to propel you. See you next time, ladies. And remember to be unabashedly visible.